This is Fantasy Intervention. up guys welcome on to another episode of yes that's right fantasy intervention and it feels like a flashback man it feels like a flashback right now we got mike in the house what's going on mike what's up buddy how we doing god man i'm stoked to have you on this is where it all started right well it started with me but the the whole team you know the whole wednesday night thing started with mike and i back uh you know early on in the football season and completely kicked off got way bigger than we ever dreamed would have happened so it's kind of like a flashback, man. Having you on is, is great. Love it. And we have special guests on. The content manager of the Fantasy Footballers. Kyle, I'm not even going to try to attempt to say your last name, so go <laughs> ahead and hit us with it. <laughs> yeah, no, Borgannoni. No, it's, it's, it, usually there's a pause right there. Oh, love it, man. So tell us you know, what you're doing over there. You know How we know you, you know, what your Twitter handle is, what you got going on behind the scenes. Give us some insight. For sure. No, I know you guys you have had some heavy hitters recently, and I know you've had Mike uh, earlier, you had Jason. So I'm going to try to give you a little bit of footballers. Um, <laughs> same kind of same kind of brand, same kind of life. But yeah, my, my role uh, with the footballers is edit, editor-in-chief, content manager. I basically get to set the guys up for success. So every single show, you guys listen, uh, whenever they read the stats or the organization, it's me and Brooks getting to put that together. So tomorrow, the guys recorded today, but yeah, tomorrow uh, we'll have a shocking stats episode. And that was fun for me just to fill that out, just throw out some really wild out there stats. Um, the guys kind of discuss it. So yeah, I'm, uh, I love what I get to do. Love uh, that, not just being a leader in the space, but as people. I mean, they're just great people that I think a lot of people look up to and look up to in the fantasy football space, but like they really are the real deal. And um yeah, it's been a great little ride for me over these last four or five years with them. And then a couple of weeks ago, uh, getting that call for Fantasy Sports uh, Article of the Year for um, FSWA. So it's been a sweet little ride for me. That's sick, man. I didn't see that. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, for sure. Dude, that's really badass, actually. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I know it's it's got to be fun over there working with those guys. And obviously, you said that you're not actually part or you're not, you know, on location with them. You're East Coast. So, you know, how is that for you, like, you know, trying to communicate with them and trying to, you know, have the team on the same page? Does it make a difference or are you pretty much just doing everything that you're doing on a, on a normal basis? Just not yeah, in office. I, East Coast is really the beast coast. I love it. I love East Coast. I don't understand how people live in the past, you know, like if you're on West Coast, you're just living in the past. We've already <laughs> done that part of the day. So, I love that. I love real, that. Like, you guys are East Coast. You get it. Like you watch you watch TV and people are like, "Yeah, I watched you know Sunday morning football at 10 a.m." We're like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But you know, if we're sitting there talking about it, we got to give a shout out to our friend Brad over there, who's actually part of our team at Join Our Circle underscore. He's in Australia, so everything he's doing is on you know, or we're doing is on his Monday essentially. We're doing everything That's- pretty much a day behind. So. That's wild. No, I, yeah, it's it works out well. 
uh, for our team where before they even wake up, I get to work on a lot of our show docs, work on stuff for the, the website and building out our ultimate draft kit. And uh, yeah, I just, I enjoy setting other people up. Like, I mean, I, I, I do stuff on the mic, I do our DFS pod, but for me, it's like setting those three up to just kill it and just be themselves is, is uh, super fun. Now, before we dive into the show, right, we're going to talk about quarterbacks because quarterbacks are a hot topic right now. I mean, we're talking about rumors every other day about quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. And I want to dive into quarterbacks without, you know, being too official about it. I want to have some fun with it. You know, we'll go over some news real quick, nothing crazy. But before we do, I need to give a huge shout out to our sponsor. It's our number one sponsor. It's pins. It's pins from Fantasy Intervention. Oh, yes. Get excited for some pins, guys. You guys can go pick them up. At our store. Yes, that's right. At our store, fantasyintervention.com. Go get some gear and go pick yourself up a pin. Plus, we also have, you know, T-shirts. We have sweatshirts provided by Viridian Global, along with stickers. Yes, Mike, we have stickers now. We've got stickers. Oh, yeah, I got I got a fantasy intervention sticker right behind me here. Yeah, already. Wait, you're, you're missing on a Kool-Aid Man sticker, bro. I, I will get on that. I will get on that. Um, and we have koozies and we have pins. Did you hear? We have pins. We have pins. Wow. All right. So we're going to do the whole flea market pitch in the lag. I love it. Um, so, so what wow. I, th- what I got to tell you, Chase, my, my favorite thing about when, um, you know, we planned on doing this show uh, seven minutes ago when you asked me um, <laughs> was uh, you, you told me that Kyle's coming on the show and we're going to do quarterbacks. And, and what I found hilarious is that Kyle and I have only interacted once before. Um, and where we interacted was on the QB list way too early mock draft. I think, what was that, Kyle, maybe three weeks ago um, right. that we did that one. And so the person he brought on to the QB show is the person who put the least amount of value into the quarterback position for that draft. So the, <laughs> the irony is not lost here. Um, just taking a look back, what was it, Tannehill, I think. Uh, yeah, Tannehill, I just said the very, as late as I could. Oh man, I and I was dying. So we took such different approaches. Um, I went Kelsey right out of the gate and apparently rocked the entire draft because everyone's freaking out that I would take the biggest position advantage at four. Um, but just looking back at the draft there, going Hopkins and Chubb at the corner. But I mean, seeing Tannehill that late, I was almost depressed that I took a quarterback early. I mean, that was a steal. Uh, but I just found that funny that the person that valued quarterbacks least is the guy we brought in for the quarterback show. So here we go. Oh man, I love it. I love it. Now, Real quick, guys, we're going to go to our actual sponsor commercial, which is brought to you by Mike, by the way. We're going to go on to this uh, commercial, so go ahead and go out there and reshare you know, all the content that you possibly can. Tell your friends that we're on live with, of course, Kyle from Fantasy Footballers. And let's get some fans in here in the comments. Let's go. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. <laughs> Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy show app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes. Choose 10 out of the 20 player props for the NFL options to build your lineup. Use promo code CIRCLE when you sign up today and you will receive an instant match bonus up to $50 on your first deposit of 20 or more. For those of you who struggle at math, that would mean if you deposit 20, you will get 40, 30 gives you 60, 40 gives you 80, all the way up to that 50, $100 bonus. Again, use promo code CIRCLE to get that bonus. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store today or Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. Absolutely love it, Mike. 
every time. It's just like, <laughs> oh man, sweet, sweet nothings into my ears, what you're whispering every time I hear that, that promo. So let's go ahead and let's kick off this show. We got quarterbacks on the docket, and we're going to start out with Kyle, of course, because Kyle, we got Wentz, we got Watson, right? Two hot memes right now, so hot. And the reality is, it's like, you know, I don't know if Watson is going to get moved. We don't know if Wentz is going to get moved, but that's what they're saying. That's the rumors, right? And Watson's linked to the Panthers. He's linked to the Dolphins, among other teams, right? And then we have Wentz linked to the Colts and the Bears. I think there's still some other teams in there who could, you know, make plays for both. You know, Washington, if if the Texans wanted to make, you know, or if, if Washington wanted to make an offer, they have the defensive assets in order to do that. I was talking about it a couple of weeks ago where I felt like if they try to put together a package with maybe Ryan Kerrigan, one of their young studs, maybe, I don't know, Deron Payne, something on those lines, along with the first-round pick, it could happen. So is the best fit for you, Kyle? Is the best fit for you Watson in Carolina? Is it Watson with, with the Dolphins? You know, where's the best fit for you when it comes to, to Deshaun Watson? Yeah, honestly, when you look at just different cap situations, like I would love the Panthers as just a, a dream spot. I just cannot see them with what's on the books. I mean, they have another year with Teddy Bridgewater. Like it's just not going to – he's not cuttable right now. Um, they're going to have to pay DJ Moore in just a hot second. I think that they're going to use their young core. They're going to focus on, you know, defense. Maybe they'll they'll get their quarterback this year in the draft. So the Panthers aren't my favorite spot for Watson. Um Really, it's Miami or the Jets because they have the draft capital to make it happen. Um, and with the Jets, I just think your team is dying for a makeover and for some people to want to watch their team. I'm like, who would you want to watch on the Jets if you're a fan right now? So markability is a thing. New York, I think that's a big, big deal. Um, I kind of like that one. I haven't taken that one into account as much. But I actually like that one if they move Darnold to a different team. Not to the Houston Texans. Now, now well, go ahead, Cal. I'll just say if I was the Jets, I wouldn't do this because they're gonna have to overpay. I, I honestly, if you're just asking me, I think most teams won't pay what the Texans are wanting because the Texans are in such a bad shape as a franchise. I think if if other franchises are smart, they'll just look at the Texans and say, You guys are screwed. Your best player doesn't want to play for you. Your organization is just from the top <laughs> so down, depressing. not looking very good. So it, to me, I'd, I think most teams are just going to watch them burn. <laughs> and uh, I don't think he's going to be moved if you're going to ask me right now. But um, I, I like the Jets as probably my favorite landing spot if I had to pick one. Mike, you want to you want to hop on this? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually uh, right with you, Kyle. I was on P2W Fantasy uh, about a month ago. And the prediction that I made was Darnold 2 and 23 for Watson being that final package. Uh, the reason why I think Darnold is when you look at Casario, the Patriots regime were known to covet Darnold. Now, I don't know if that was Belichick or if that was Casario. And I think what, you, what you're looking at is what it comes down to is what does Houston think of really the Fields-Wilson combo at two? Do they think that's a superstar? Because if not, you know the team's moving up to two. They'll allow you to flip that into that three first round pick package that they've said to be coveting. Because um, the thing that people are looking at when I hear, oh, well, three first round picks, like even if you look at Carolina, right, at number eight, the cost to go from eight to two in this draft would be another first round pick. So sure. really that number two pick 
is too first if you're looking at it from those optics. Same with Washington. So I'm with you, Kyle. When you really take a look at the draft capital, you're looking at that number two or that number three pick. You want to get that done. And three coupled with, I believe, you know, hold, don't hold me to this, but I believe it was 18 was Miami's second pick or two and 23. When you do the math, really comes out fairly equitable. Now, what the difference is, is the difference in value between Tua and Sam Donald. Tua obviously having a higher value, but everything I'm seeing out of Miami shows that they're committed to Tua. I think they're going to go eventually go Devonta Smith uh, to pair with them at number three. I think they they went to the Senior Bowl, wanted to get Smith there. There's really no reason for Smith to play in the Senior Bowl unless there's some kind of uh, you know connection he's looking for. I think those coaches made that. So I think ultimately it's the Jets. I think that package actually works for both teams because the Jets have draft capital going into the second and third round as well. And like you said, for Watson, it makes a hell of a lot of sense because number one, there's not terrible weapons. I mean, you're talking Mims, you're talking Perryman possibly coming back. You're talking Crowder possibly coming back in Herndon. But the biggest thing for Watson, why he would accept that deal is because the marketability. You covered that. It's New York, right? He would be the play in New York. He would be the marketable face of New York football at that point in the city, obviously, save for Josh Allen. Um, so I love that fit. I think eventually they make the connection because, Kyle, to your point, Houston's a disaster. Well, well so are the Jets, right? So it's kind of like that misery loves company connection where they both kind of need each other. So I feel like they're the two ugly teams at the end of, at the end of the night at the bar staring at each other at 2 in the morning saying, well, you want to dance? Um, because no one else is asking, right? Like that's kind of how I see the connection happening. Uh, so I'm holding firm that I still think that'll be the return. I think they meet in the middle. That 223 and Darnold makes sense. If they don't love Darnold, I think you can flip him for a second to increase that package. But somehow I think those are the assets that make it happen. I don't know if he fits that scheme necessarily. And I don't know if the the Jets want to start out their tenure with the contract that Salah got going with an already, you know, proven veteran essentially as a quarterback instead of trying to build, you know, from scratch and see what they have on their team that already exists. You know, it, it's sitting there and we look at how, you know, Kyle Shanahan has built his team and and how he, you know, how he's probably rubbed off on Salah along with the offense coordinator who I'm drawing a blank on and I can't look it up because if I do, I'm afraid my computer will just blow up. So uh, essentially, you know, I don't know if, if that's the route the Jets want to go, but I don't hate it. I would just much rather if they felt like they needed a quarterback, go with Justin Fields. But what I was bringing up earlier was the fact that if if they trade, if they trade uh, Darnold to a different team like the Colts, which is something I really want to see happen, they, and they get a few draft picks, then they can move number two overall over to the Texans, and the Texans could move in and take Justin Fields and justify it. They'd obviously have to give a little bit more than that. But I would feel really comfortable, you know, with with the Texans feeling me more confident in, in that aspect of things. I just don't know if the Jets make that move. For me, I understand the contract issues with the, the Carolina Panthers, but if anything has taught us anything, really, it's the salary cap is almost a myth at this point because of the fact that you can move sure. money in so many different ways. It's absolutely insane what these teams have been able to do. I mean, the Saints are looking at, what, negative uh, $100 million in, in cap space this year, and yet – they, they do it every single year, right? Mickey Loomis and uh, their uh, cap manager, I don't remember his name. It's like Kai or something like K-H-A-I or something like that, or maybe it's just K-A-I. Uh, he absolutely destroys myths about salary caps. Uh, we look at what they've been able to do over there with uh, with the Vikings. 
same situation. Look over there at the Eagles, and the Eagles are a lot worse off. They don't always figure it out. But the Eagles are in a very similar spot as to where they still are negative every single year, and yet they figure out a way around it. So there's no way that uh, that I think that a salary cap would prohibit him going to the Panthers. It's just what the cost is going to be, and I don't know the Panthers with that long contract are going to be willing to pay that. What's Matt Rule's contract over there, like 10 years or something? Not 10 years, it's like six years, I think. It's, it's absolutely – it's a very long contract because he wanted him to build the right way. So that, like you brought up earlier, Kyle, you know, I, I think that they seven. take the seven-year contract. So, yeah, he has six years left. I think that they take the time to build that up, and that's why I don't think Sean Watson goes there. Let's go ahead and – Kyle, do you have anything to add to that? or I'll just, Carson this, I'll just say this about the Jets. Um, I, it's weird to think of the Jets in the driver's seat in this conversation because they're so bad. <laughs> but they, they have the draft capital. Um, and then being at two, if they want to keep Darnold and there's a lot of people in the league, you know, like evaluators that still like Darnold think that like, okay, he's got a chance. I think they're going to end up moving down from two. I think they're going to keep Darnold. And I think a lot of the conversation is going to be, who's going to move up to two. A lot of people are saying it's Carolina or whatnot. So I think Darnold It's weird to say, but he's a big part of this conversation. And when solid took the job, he had to know like, is this the guy that I want to roll with? And, and for me, I'd rather them pick one more year at Darnold. Um, I want them to play with Darnold. I think Darnold's yeah, a good too. quarterback. I want Darnold to go to Indy so bad. Him or Jameis Winston, please <laughs> go to Indy and go win a Super Bowl because both of them can. Darnold has all the talent in the world, and he has not had the right opportunity. He needs a, a fresh start, but I think the Jets should still take another shot at him because they are bringing in a brand-new organization. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, that, that, that's good. So, uh, Mike, did you want to add to it? No, I think we're going to talk about the quarterback that's going to Indy next, aren't we? <laughs> so the reports coming out are saying that the Bears – or Carson Wentz doesn't want to go to the Bears. And if he doesn't want to go to the Bears, the Bears don't want him. So the Eagles might take the two you know, second-round picks that the Colts supposedly offered. But we've heard rumors since – what was it? Before the Super Bowl that this trade was already supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And we all expected it to happen. And it never happened. So, Mike, we're going to start with you this time. Like, what's happening over there? Because nobody seems to know what's happening. And I, I don't think you're a beat reporter or anything, but, you know, at least your best guess. I, I mean, my, my best guess is, to, to be honest, is that you really have a completely fractured organization. I think what you're seeing is essentially very similar to what you've seen with other kind of power struggles between general managers, owners, and coaches, where – one party wants to trade Carson Wentz and roll with Jalen Hurts or even possibly pick up somebody in the draft, whereas another party doesn't. And it's almost like if you ever watched that uh, show Love and List or Listed on HGTV where like they pit the parties against each other, and it comes down to what could you get? What can you get? So I think what's happening is Roseman's holding up and saying basically, yeah, I'll try to trade Carson Wentz, but I'm not going to give them away. And what you're finding is they're overvaluing the asset. And the question becomes, can Philly go to opening day with both quarterbacks? My belief is they can. I do not think that Jalen Hurts is an NFL caliber quarterback. I've gone on record saying that the fumbles scare me. What was it? Nine fumbles in a part-time role. That scares the heck out of me. I think he had six interceptions too. Yeah, he had four or six. I think it's six. Oh, it's a lot, and and it's not that he can't get better. It's not that they can't structure around him. I'm just not sure he's ready today. 
And I've talked about the Alabama quarterbacks across the board looking like they're struggling. That's a juggernaut offense they're coming out of. And when you look at Hurts, he looked like a world beater in um, Alabama, went to Oklahoma, looked like a good player. But these quarterbacks, Tua came out looking like a world beater. Now they look a little shell-shocked. They look like they're not really reading the NFL game well. So I'd be shocked if Philadelphia wants to turn over the keys to Hurts. Now, the reason they might is because they're, they're a long distance away from the Super Bowl. They ain't winning anyway. Um, but what I think you have is you have a very fractured organization that I would be floored if they took that second and third round pick for Carson Wentz. I think they're going to hold out for more. And if they don't get it, I think they have this new um, coach, Sarnelli, I believe is how it's pronounced, uh, coming in who's supposed to be that guru. And I think they're going to try to get him to fix Wentz. So I think really you're going to see a higher package from the Colts than what you've been reported seeing them offering or he stays. I think those are really the only two options right now because there's nobody else out there. I don't understand the quarterback guru thing, to be honest with you, because, I mean, I understand he had like Jacoby Brissett as quarterback, which wasn't great, but has he developed any major quarterbacks? Am I missing out on something when it comes to that? I mean, Kyle, what's I, up with that? And or yeah, I can, I can tell you, I don't know. I, I just know that that was the rumor was that they brought him in because they know he needs to work with the quarterback. But I don't see a history. Maybe, I, Kyle, I don't know if you do. I didn't see one. And looking at it, that was all that impressive. Yeah, and here's – I mean, I have a couple opinions. One, spot on with how I feel about Hurts. And I think in the fantasy community – We love we him. Love him because <laughs> yeah. We love him because he runs. And, you know, he had 68 rushing yards a game in those four starts. It's the most ever – for a rookie quarterback in four starts. I mean, that's that's ridiculous wow. in terms of per game. But he also had the – we looked at this the other day. He had the lowest adjusted completion percentage during the span. Like, he, the dude's completing like 52% of his yes, passes. Bad. And so long-term, let's just – you know, when they get some film on him, I think he's going to be fine for fantasy, and that's going to blur our vision because we love to talk about that. But in terms of real life, I don't think he's ready. And I also think, you know – Maybe some of these, you know, offers that we're hearing, you know, where it was so close, what, two weeks ago with the Bears? Yeah. Um, well, they might be just be blowing smoke and trying to drive up the price. And I think he does end up in Indy. Um, and I and I don't know if that's the right move considering, you know, the contract. But I, I think it just makes, you know, a lot of sense. And maybe there's some group think between all of us because we're like, well, we can connect the dots with Indy. But um yeah, there's just it's weird to say an organization went from two two or three years ago like wow that is one of the best organizations in the league look at how well run they are to like dysfunctional everything's you know in the shitter it's just terrible. My main concern with with hurts and, and I mean we're talking about Wentz obviously and, and Wentz's land and locations and honestly like I really don't care because I don't think it's going to have that much of an effect on fantasy football. I just don't think it's going to really impact the team to the point where it's like, oh, I got to draft this guy now, or oh man, I got to stay away from this guy. Like he's just, he's above average. He's a good quarterback. And you know, that's about it. They didn't have an offensive line. They didn't have any wide receivers this year. It was absolutely like, you know, just the worst situation you could possibly imagine outside of Washington every single year with quarterbacks or the Browns every single year with quarterbacks and the situations they got put in. So it, it's something as to where it was a nightmare for any quarterback. And because Jalen Hurts can rant, run, you know, he lit the fantasy community, you know, on fire. So sitting there looking at it, I don't think that Jalen Hurts has the upside that if he is the starting quarterback for the Eagles, that like a Kyler Murray or something has unless they make a move. But the Eagles aren't in a, a position to necessarily make moves. Although, like I brought up, it's very you know contradictory to what I brought up when it comes to 
the fact that salary caps, you know, they, they're non-existent. It's still like they're not going to be able to go out and sign a DeAndre Hopkins or something like that and, and add that much value to the wide receiver room. Meanwhile, they're limited when it comes to draft picks. Their secondary is porous. Their secondary is brutal. And I don't have the exact numbers in front of me once again, but I did a study and it was, I believe they had three picks for the Colts in the first three rounds. I'm sorry, they had six picks for the Colts in the first, or seven picks for the Colts in the first three rounds in the first two years that the regime took over where Nick Sarnelli was the offensive coordinator. And they spent six of those on defensive players because the, the Colts defense was completely obliterated. Right. And then it was either defense players or offensive linemen. I think they took one skill position player. If that, it might've been like Marlon Mack or something like that. I don't remember. Anyways, moving on to it with Howie Roseman, he does not take offensive skill position players back-to-back years like he wants to have one and let it develop they just took Jalen Rager they need an offensive line they need help in the secondary how how Roseman knows that he typically drafts defensive players as a whole anyways so sitting there and looking at Jalen Hurts like is his situation going to improve probably not is his you know ceiling going to improve probably not and with running quarterbacks we've seen this uh, tradition where these defenses start to figure it out. They start to, to force running quarterbacks to not be able to run anymore. I mean, we saw with Lamar Jackson that I do believe it was the offensive system that hindered, hindered Lamar Jackson, them trying to make him more of a passing quarterback. But either way, sitting there and looking at it, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to offer the same upside that a Kyler Murray offered this past year where he finished out as quarterback two or three in the fantasy season. With that being said, We've had enough conversation about these two. You guys have probably heard about it on ESPN or whatever you know source you listen to constantly. I want to bring up the fact that we have David Carr, I mean Derek Carr, excuse me. We have uh, Jameis Winston. We have Sam Darnold. We have Jimmy G. We have Cam Newton. We have Jacoby Brissett. We have Andy Dalton. We have Ryan Fitzpatrick, Dak Prescott, Teddy Bridgewater, possibly Trubisky. These are all going to be switching teams, or there's potential to see all these uh, players switching teams is there a certain player in your mind like i brought up earlier with sam darnold or Jameis winston in indianapolis where you want to see these players land and you think it could actually add significant value to their fantasy assets like is is there a certain player in the ones that i named where you're like oh i have to see him here shit's gonna light on fire we'll start out with uh looks like daddy's ready to answer mike you ready to go on this one yeah. What you got? Uh, the answer is Sam Darnold to the 49ers. Uh, that is, will explode both Darnold's value. Uh, he will continue to bring up Kittle, uh, Samuel, and Ayuk. I think that's just the perfect fit. I think what you're going to find out is anybody who believes that Adam Gase is the reason why Sam Darnold is struggling. Uh, if we get him in that Shanahan offense over in San Francisco, you're going to have your answer. And that's really what we're looking for on Darnold, right? Is he the guy who went number one overall, or is he the guy who has been seeing ghosts since that Patriots game where he put up the negative 75 fantasy points? Uh, I think to get the answer that we want, uh, Darnold to the 49ers is really the gold for me. Like if that were to work, they've been rumored to them. Uh, obviously, you know, the Patriots have been drooling over Garoppolo. So they have a landing spot there. That kind of quarterback shift with Darnold going out to the West coast 
I think that would be a significant fantasy boost for Darnold. And I think he'll get the most out of those weapons as well. I think that'll be a great fit across the board. Kyle, you ready for this? Yeah, and I I love that you brought up these names because I, I don't think we realize how rare it is that there's this much movement at the quarterback position. Like, this doesn't happen. And when you look at the draft this year, there's probably, you know, five quarterbacks that are going to be taken in the first round. But besides that, there's no one else that you would really say, like, I mean, maybe a team believes in somebody in the second or third round. But really, there's going to be a lot of movement between these guys that you listed. And so I'll just say two of the teams that interest me the most, I'll say the Broncos because Drew Locke is just not great at football. He's better than me, but he's, he's just not someone that's going to be able to take a team a step further. And if you think about it, that team, you know, with some competent quarterback play, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. KJ Hamler, Noah Fant. I mean, they, they have a solid group. They just have even somewhat of competent play. Uh, I think the Broncos are a, a fun landing spot for somebody that can just be accurate. I wouldn't say Derek Carr is the, I mean, he's accurate. Um, and the Raiders can cut him for basically 2 million. I mean, it's super cheap if they wanted to move on, if John Gruden's kind of grumpy. Um, so that's interesting for just like a, a that standpoint. Uh, another name that would just be fun. I was looking at this list. Um, let's say Big Ben retires. All right. Throw Jameis on that team and just let oh, him just I've been talking about that it. for the full year. They should have signed him last offseason. Oh, man. <laughs> they should have signed him last offseason. He was the perfect replacement. Like, with that wide receiver corpse, like, it, it is the perfect, perfect replacement. I love that. Yeah. I would – I mean, for fantasy, it would be so for, fun. I was going to say that for fantasy, he's the perfect replacement. He's an awful choice for well, their style of football. But for fantasy, he'd be a great choice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he doesn't fit the the short passing tendencies that they had this past year. That was insane how many short passes they were calling on a regular basis. When you look at average depth of target per player outside of Chase Claypool, it was just weird. Like, I know they didn't have a running game, and they were trying to use that as their source of the running game so they could hit Claypool deep, so they could try and get deeper targets to the tight end and open up the middle, but that was just bizarre. But either way, there's rumors – not rumors, I think. There's more fantasy speculation that Chris Godwin could end up with the Colts Mm-hmm. And that right there, link him back up with Jameis Winston. You have Michael Pittman deep. You got or you got Michael Pittman as like the, the primary receiver, like Mike Evans, and then you throw in TY Hilton deep. Oh man, go ahead and throw Ertz over there with uh, you know, as a tight end. We'll, we'll make it we'll make it interesting. You could see another superstar offense where Jameis Winston throws for fifty one hundred yards and was it thirty three touchdowns, I believe, led the league. Or thirty six. Yeah, and and thir- thirty picks, yeah. Yeah, and thirty picks. Thirty three 30 30. and thirty. Yeah. Yeah. The, so the Colts, the Colts are just super interesting. Like you, we've been mentioned with Wentz, their cap situation's great, but if you look at their weapons, all their tight ends could be gone. Mo Ali Cox is restricted, so they'll probably have him back. But they could cut Doyle. Uh, Hilton's a free agent. Uh, they're just—I mean, their roster right now is basically Pittman, Zach Pascal's a restricted free agent. Uh, you know, Paris Campbell's always hurt. It's like they could easily be able to add a guy like Chris Godwin, like you said. They have so much cap space. Yeah, so they're they're a fun team because they're really they're they're right there in the mix of teams in the AFC. So before I, before I jump, because I do have to run. This was uh, last second, so I apologize for cutting short. But the one name, Kyle, you got my uh, the juices flowing when you brought up Denver. 
Uh, for fantasy, man, Ryan Fitzpatrick in Denver would be a blast, <laughs> man. That would Fitz magic with one last run in Denver would be like amazing. I, I would have a ball with that because I do think Sutton is the steal of the offseason. If you can get him on your team, people are sleeping on this guy. Uh, absolutely a wide receiver one. And you put Fitzmagic on that team, I would be thrilled. That would be fantasy gold. I don't know how it would do for the actual win-loss. I don't think they're a great team anyway. Um, but for fantasy, that would be just gold. Just one year of Fitzpatrick slinging with those weapons would be spectacular. For sure. Absolutely love it. All right, Mike, you want to give a cool quick shout-out? Yeah, you, go. you guys know where to find me at Daddy's Home FF on Twitter. Kyle, it's been a blast. I'm glad we could uh, catch up. Um, haven't, haven't talked to you since the draft. Um, so you guys enjoy your time. I'll catch the rest of the replay. And thanks for having me on. Later, man. Later. That's good. It's kind of funny. He's he's actually supposed to leave at 830. I feel bad for the other show. So we do have a game. We have a game that we want to dive into, and it's about the quarterbacks we just talked about. And we want to see some of these landing spots. You know, we want to see where they could possibly end up. So I decided to create a randomizer. Randomizer with the teams or the teams that actually need, uh, you know, people and some of those players. So we'll go ahead and we'll add this over here. And we got these teams over here. So let's go ahead and let's mix it up and go through a randomizer. And we're going to go through the players. I'll put the players on the screen in the comments as we go through it. Oh, where am I? Cool. And let's go. All right. So first up, we have the Giants. We have the Giants. And the first quarterback that is on our list is Derek Carr. <laughs> I actually just put the Giants in here, honestly, to mess with Steffi. I don't think they're Steffi. getting rid of. <laughs> yeah, I literally just put the Giants on here for that. We're going to move on to the next person. Oh, that's funny that we ended up having that one as the first one. Remove the name from the list. We'll go to the second oh, team. Who needs the Giants? No, the Giants are just whatever. Just get him out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if Steph rewatches this, I'm I'm gonna die. All right, Derek Carr to the Broncos. Do you like Derek Carr to the Broncos? Do you think it'd be a smart decision? Do you think he can deliver the the ball? Like, do you like him better if he's with the Broncos or if he's with the Raiders? Like, where are you falling with this one? Yeah, and I mentioned a little bit about that earlier because I just think the Broncos need competent play. Like, it, they're not really asking Carr to win in the game. Um, I actually think they're right there on the cusp. Like, granted, that's a tough division with the Chiefs and the Chargers, but I, I think the Broncos are right there for, like, wild card spot. And so, with Carr, he's super efficient, and we've run the stat the last couple of years, but he's in top five last two years in terms of third down conversion rate. The year before, he had the most third down uh, completions in the entire league. So, I, that's all you can ask. Like, he gets poo-pooed on a lot in fantasy and I get it like you want him to take those downfield shots and I think he would be more equipped than what he had in terms of wide receivers with the Raiders there is that AFC West you know familiarity so maybe they're just like no we play this guy twice a year yeah. we don't want him yeah but uh no I think that's actually not I think that's one of my favorite spots for him because he actually has the weapons it makes sense. And honestly, the biggest disappointment for me with the Broncos, and I didn't get to talk about it a second ago, was the fact that they didn't run Drew Locke a lot. Uh, with Shermer, he's actually had, what is it, close to, I think it's out of the 13 years that he was calling plays, 11 of them, he finished with a top 10 rushing quarterback. Shermer likes to run his quarterbacks. 
Like he likes to get him out of the pocket. He likes to scramble. We saw it with Daniel Jones last year. You know, Daniel Jones again this year. Drew Locke has actually has some wheels on him. And it's kind of funny because I feel like there's like an evolutionary period when it comes to quarterbacks. You have Drew Locke, then you have Justin Herbert, and then you have Trevor Lawrence. Like that's kind of like the order that I have them in. So essentially, you know, Drew Locke is that poor man's version of Justin Herbert. They both can move. <laughs> they both have an arm on them. Uh, but I think Drew Locke under, or, you know, does not understand reading coverages as well. Like he doesn't process as much. And he also lacks tremendous t- touch. So essentially, I'm sitting there and looking at Derek Carr being able to run this offense. I think the offense fits him better overall. I just don't know if Derek Carr could, you know, put them over the ledge because the Broncos defense wasn't, you know, was a shell of itself from the previous years. It just wasn't there. So let's go ahead and let's move on. We have Jameis Winston on the docket next. Let's see where he ends up. Oh, the Falcons. (laughs) I I put the Falcons on here just because I think Matt Ryan has one year left. I don't think they move on from Matt Ryan this year. But the Falcons actually do make a lot of sense. Being able to throw deep to Calvin Ridley. I actually have them taking a wide receiver. Possibly. I know it's a little bit of a bold take, but I have them taking a wide receiver if Penny Sewell does not fall to them as their first pick. Jamar Chase makes a lot of sense, essentially, because they do like to load up on their wide receiver room. So Jameis Winston to the Falcons, I kind of like every aspect of this. How do you feel about Jameis Winston going to the Falcons? Do you just completely hate it? Well, so I'll just admit I'm super biased, obviously, living here in Atlanta, Falcon fan for life, lots of misery, uh, lots of like, you know, seven and nine type seasons. But they're familiar with the dude. So obviously they've seen him for a while in the NFC South. Uh, you're right. Ryan's going to be have at least one year. I think his dead cap hit this year is $49 million. It's Yeah, like it's not going to happen this year. It's going to be next it's year. Not, college, yeah. yeah, for sure. And so a new coaching regime, you know, it's just like things could totally shift. I mean, I hate even saying it. Julio might be off the team in a year, which would make me cry. Um, <laughs> I love Julio. But with the Falcons, they're – they haven't had competent play in the red zone for a while. And so I think Jameis, I think he can make sense in a backup role. Let's say they don't take a quarterback at, at pick four. You know, I think that's what a lot of people are saying. They're going to get Zach I don't Wilson. Get that. I don't think they should do that. How do you feel about that being a fan? Um, I think we should trade down, but I'm a little bit more yes. like shrewd. I, I don't trust us at all in the draft. If you look at our draft picks, like we've hit on Julio and Ridley, but like, well, Grant Other Lindstrom didn't hit. I, I, <laughs> Grant Lindstrom wasn't a thing, or <laughs> it's <laughs> it's just been rough in terms, of, especially defense. If you look at us on the defensive line, it's been pretty bad recently. But I think with the Falcons, if they trade down, if they want to get Winston as like a backup deal right now, because we don't have any, we don't have a backup quarterback. I think that would actually make a ton of sense. Um, and then maybe as a run, if if Ryan goes down, or if they just want to transition, but. Uh, I think it would just be tough knowing that they know this guy so well and they know his tendencies and they don't think he's probably the long-term solution. So with a new regime, maybe he gets a one-year deal, but probably probably not likely. Dude, you don't – come on, man. You don't think that the Falcons are, are – you know, they can't resist adding another first-round pick or former first-round pick to that roster? That is like true. They're, they're just going to see the pedigree and they're just going to be like, here's a first-round pick. We got to add him. We got to add him. For sure. Gurley – you know, Hayden Hurst. We couldn't resist Hayden Hurst. 
<laughs> right That's there. too funny. I, I actually liked Hayden Hurst going in here. I thought that he would play a better role than what you know Hooper did, or very similar role at least, but that was interesting. All right, so we got the next player on. We got Sam Darnold. You ready for this? You ready? Yeah, I'm glad we both like Darnold because I, I like him. I like I just, him too. I think he's a good player. I just I want there to be somebody other than Brashad Perryman to throw the ball to. <laughs> All right, here we go. The Ooh, Panthers. That's interesting. It is. I don't think it will ever happen because, like you brought up with Teddy Bridgewater uh, having that contract one year, like in order to move off from Teddy Bridgewater, they need to have somebody significant come in, somebody they really believe in. You know, whether that be a rookie, like if Justin Fields, which is potential that he falls to them. You know, we didn't think that Tua and Herbert would make it a five and six this past year. They both fell. If the Falcons pass and the Jets pass on a quarterback, we could see Justin Fields possibly fall to number eight. So with that being said, outside of a situation bringing in a rookie, I don't think the Panthers would move on from Teddy Bridgewater unless it was for Deshaun Jackson-esque type player. How do you feel about it? Yeah, the thing about Darnold, and I've had a couple people mention this, um, rookie contracts for quarterbacks is like what's key to building teams. We've seen teams do this and be successful recently. But with Darnold, if you're acquiring him, like let's say you're trading – you know, a second round pick or whatever it's going to cost to get Darnold. You're also trading for a guy who's going to need a new contract. And that second contract for quarterbacks is where they make the most amount of money. And I just can't see the Panthers saying, all right, we're going to try this guy for a year and then we're going to pay him over a hundred million dollars to be the long-term solution. So I, yeah, I don't think Darnold makes sense. I think they roll with Teddy and if they don't get a quarterback, um, then I think they move on. But yeah, the Panthers are interesting because they had a lot of games where they were close. They had some one, a bunch of one-score losses if you look back at their their game logs yeah. and just what was going on. So they're right there. I mean, their defense is still super young. They get CMC back. I think they'll lock up DJ Moore uh, for a longer contract. So I don't see them wanting Darnold. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me too. I mean, I feel like Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold are very, very similar situations to an extent. All right, we're removing this name from the list. Let me go ahead and throw up the next person. We have Jimmy G. Ooh. Now, I think there's really only one place that we could both see him going to, maybe two or three tops, but let's go ahead and see where he ends up according to the Ninja. By the way, this is brought to you by NamePickerNinja.com. Ooh. The Falcons. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, did we remove the Falcons from the list? Yeah, I think you need to remove them. Oh, we got to do this again. Sorry. I'll say this on our show in every single show doc. I always write handsome Jimmy G and every single time it's Jimmy Graham. I always write either Jimmy grandpa or ugly Jimmy. (laughs) Oh no, of course this is handsome Jimmy G. All right. We have Jimmy G to the jets. The only way that I see this happening is if a team does want to take on Sam Darnold and they want to take on like a one year contract essentially with, with Jimmy G and have a developmental quarterback in a second round pick. Like, maybe, maybe some way in hell Mac Jones falls to the second round, right? And the Jets could take him with the 202. That would make sense to bring in Jimmy G if they got rid of Sam Darnold. Is this a situation you could ever see happening in a million years? Because I mean, there very is limited. a connection with Robert Sala. So there is a huge connection. And the offensive maybe coordinator. Maybe he's like, I like this guy. Um, or maybe, you know, he's like, we played him in practice all the time and I was a defensive coordinator and we just destroyed this dude. So 
Um, they brought I over don't... the wide receivers coach, by the way. It was a wide receivers coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's the offense coordinator, so he has dealt with Jimmy G. Jimmy G wasn't bad. He just was always hurt. <laughs> yeah. It, it's hard to to kind of see through and say what is the real Jimmy G in terms of like, that's an efficient offense. That offense isn't asking him to throw for 300. Um, so with the Jets, like I want to see what kind of weapons he would be outfitted with. And I think they're going to end up cutting Jamison Crowder if they're smart, save a ton of money. I mean, that, that whole team is like going to be remade in a lot of different ways, especially through this draft. I mean, that's what they they waited and they traded, and, and that's the picks that they have. So I I see them at two, either trading down um, or taking like Pene Sewell or taking um, – I just don't see them taking a quarterback there. But Yeah, it, it's something as to where – yeah, I, I think the Jets should take Sewell and knock up those bookends. But do they or do they go wide receiver or – you know, it's just so muddled over there with with the Jets and trying to figure out what they could possibly do. All right, so we got our next guy up, Cam Newton. Ooh, Cam Newton, I actually see back with the Patriots personally. Well, let's go ahead and let's see where he ends up with the Ninja. Where do you want to see him? Out of the league. Oh God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that would be such a Bears thing to do. That would be 100% Bears thing to do. Resign Mitch Trubisky to a one-year contract, then sign Cam Newton, and still have, what's his name, Nick Foles in the books. That would be such a Bears thing to do. How, I mean, who is going to be playing for them? Are they just going to run out like three tight ends? Because their wide receiver core, I mean, Robinson's gone. There's no way that dude's sticking around. Well, they can they can tag him, right? I think I think they can, but with Robinson, like there's been so much that he's publicly said and oh, he does not want to be there and, and vague vague booked like he's done every single thing possible to <laughs> say like booked. i don't want to be on this team i yeah i'm sitting there thinking that, like this is not going to happen but it's still really funny to think about this was the funniest <laughs> one out of them all is sitting there and thinking that camden can end up on another team with no receivers and just like some some you know rookie and young tight ends and not actually have any weapons for a second time, except for some deep we, shots at Darnell Mooney. We did this stat on our show, and I kept bringing it up because I just loved it so much. But if you took all of the passing touchdowns from slot wide receivers this year, so like, you know, different slot receivers, when they threw a touchdown this year, like Jarvis Landry threw one, uh, Cole Beasley threw one, it's as many touchdowns as Cam Newton threw. Like the dude, the dude threw five touchdowns. <laughs> was it five or eight whatever it was but it's the same as slot wide receivers it, it was bad so all right let's go ahead and move on to Jacob Brissett who I think does actually have a real chance starting I think that he has a, an opportunity to end up with a few different teams and I think these teams that he has a chance to end up with are still on this list so let's go ahead and kick this one next one off we are gonna go with the Colts goal line quarter uh running back Wait, why are there other teams on here multiple times? 49ers. Did we already talk about the 49ers? No. No, we haven't because I think they're an interesting team. If you mentioned Darnold earlier, maybe as a landing spot there. Um, yeah, 49ers are interesting. What if they take Trey Lance and they bring on Jacob uh, Jacob Brissett to be that bridge quarterback? Yeah, also, Lance I think definitely, I misspelled Jacoby Brissett. It's all good. Uh <laughs> 
I think Lance, most people are saying he needs a year, but you know, there's so many quarterbacks. We probably said that about Justin Herbert and we were all wrong. Um, I think that's an interesting spot uh, just in terms of like him being the bridge guy. I, I personally don't think he's a good NFL quarterback. I think he's like a good NFL backup that should be out of the league in a second, but Oh, um, no, he's Taysom Hill. But before Taysom Hill was Taysom Hill, without being Taysom Hill, he's a poor man's pre-Taysom Hill. <laughs> I don't want that on my team. <laughs> oh, no, it, it's something that's where we're set. I actually have, you know, as a good bridge quarterback in Washington, to be honest with you. Uh, they no, don't have an funny. offensive line. You know, they need to to make sure that they can have a mobile quarterback back there to escape pressure. It's bad news for Tam McLaurin, but the Washington team as a whole, I think, you know, presents a decent situation so let's go ahead and hop over to ryan fitzpatrick who might have one or two years left i mean the dude has to complete his tour of the nfl he hasn't played for every team yet steelers the steelers then wait did we just mention that the mike is this mike's pick this is Mike's pick that if it's before he signed off he basically said if there's one place that would be super fun one last go around would be Fitzpatrick to the Steelers. And yeah, no, I mean, I think we'd all love it. Uh, I think he's a little wild for what they like. All right, we're totally writing this down. I need to make sure I message Mike to go to 51 minutes because this is perfect. We already talked about it. It's definitely not going to happen because it's way too wild, but it's still kind of funny because Mike wants to see it so bad. All right, let's go ahead and bring up our next player. Oops, I didn't have that prepped. Um, we're going to go with Dak Prescott. God, we already went with the Broncos, didn't we? That's why I put him on here was to hope that he ended up with the Broncos. But, of course. What's your got- What's your likelihood he stays in Dallas? I mean, I don't think they let him go. There's no way. There's right. no way they let him go, right? Like, they don't have a backup. So, earlier in the season, I actually wrote an article where I thought that at the time – after the Cowboys lost Dak Prescott, they were sitting there at like two and four, I believe. They just lost to the Cardinals and then Washington. And I thought it was an intriguing option as to where they didn't have a very easy schedule and that offensive line was beat up and it looked absolutely horrendous. So it was a speculative article based off of the fact that, hey, maybe, just maybe, the Dallas Cowboys could end up with the second overall pick below the Jets. Their defense was horrendous. It just was not – nothing was clicking over there. Now they figured it out, and you know they didn't end up with that high of a pick. But at the time, I was like, man, if you sit there and you throw in – or if you trade Jack, Dak Prescott to the Denver Broncos, if he does a sign-and-trade agreement with you where he gets two first-round picks, where you, know, where, where you get first, two first-round picks for Dallas. Meanwhile, you have two picks over the next two years, obviously, and you make an offer where – I don't know, three first-round picks to move up one spot because the Jacksonville Jaguars were just then getting rumors that Urban Meyer could be a potential coaching candidate, and Urban Meyer has ties because he recruited Justin Fields. So sitting there and looking at it, if you know Urban Meyer wanted to move back one spot and he got three first-round picks over the next three years, and all of a sudden you have Trevor Lawrence as the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys tied to Amari Cooper, by the way, on a rookie contract, Tied to Amari Cooper, tied to to CD Lamb, tied to Michael Gallup. 
like this is just the like I mean a situation that you can never ignore for fantasy like this this could be a, a dream come true so I was really high on that but I still think that if any team could make a trade for Dak Prescott it would be the Denver Broncos because we know how although he did relinquish his uh, you know GM right responsibilities John Elway if anybody would make that trade so let's go ahead and figure out where Dak goes. Washington. Ooh. That would never happen. Never in a million years would that ever happen. They would tag him. There's no way that Washington would pay him. What do you feel on this? Is this even a possibility? Should we even spend no, time discussing not, this? Not in division. They, they're just Teams are just too spiteful. And they wouldn't even pay Kirk Cousins who was a good you know, NFL quarterback bad for fantasy or whatever. It would never happen. I'm going to go ahead and get this one off my screen because that would never in a million years happen. We have up next Teddy Bridgewater and is followed up by our last one with Mitchell Trubisky. So let me tag this one in real quick. Let me say this about Teddy B, my boy yeah, Teddy Two Gloves. On, on our DFS pod <laughs> that I did with uh, Matthew Betts for fantasy footballers, we try to talk about Teddy Bridgewater every week because – we just love the dude and mostly disappointed if we're honest in terms of DFS, but we gave him a shout out. He was their official quarterback of the pod, which meant our pod helped out people a couple of weeks. Now we did pretty good. Actually. He had these weeks, man, where he was just like such a great value for DFS. And I oh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Interesting. All right. We got the Patriots, which is actually where I had him slated to land prior to going to New Orleans. And then after, he left New Orleans. I thought that the Patriots loved Teddy Bridgewater in the in the process, and I thought they were going to make an offer for him. Now they still have Tom Brady, but I thought he'd be the perfect fit to sit and wait. Very similar to Drew Brees. So I wasn't upset that he went to New Orleans. Drew Brees stayed another season. I like this fit, but they need to add some talent at wide receiver, and I think that they do. I think that they try to at least, which, you know, historically, Bill Belichick, eh. Bill Belichick's not the most, uh, you know, the best I guess, talent evaluator at wide receiver. How do you feel about this one? Teddy B, uh, I just feel like Teddy B is about two steps away from not really being in the league, being a backup. Um, I think he's cut after this next year. So I think I here's with Billy, Billy Belichick. He should have known that Cam Newton uh, was done. The dude was done. And for fantasy, he had some moments, but I, I think – they won't try to go there at all. And uh, they, I mean, just cuttable maybe after this next year, but I think Teddy Bridgewater has got maybe two or three years left in the league. All right. We got Trubisky last one. You ready for it out of the league, right? That's an option. Just kidding. No, man, he's going to be a superstar. He's going to be a pro bowler next year. Just like he was in his uh, second year, the second year pro yeah. bowler. Let's go. All right. Whoa, that could be interesting. If they decide to move on from Derek Carr, what would the, what the all right? So let's just say that the Colts win the the bid fest, right? For for Carson Wentz, but the Bears don't want to stick with. Well, I guess Trubisky's a free agent, right? Yeah. So yeah, this would work out perfectly, actually. Either way, so the Bears go after. 
That's interesting. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm literally processing this right now. The, the Bears end up going after Derek Carr, bring Derek Carr on. And in the meanwhile, they signed Trubisky to the backup for Mariota. They put Mariota on a one-year deal again. And then Trubisky comes in and crushes it for the Raiders after sitting behind Mariota, who has a very similar play style with John Gruden as the, you know, as the head coach, being able to, to you know, mold his quarterbacks. Like, how do you feel about this? I, I, obviously, I'm very just, I mean, very just torn right now. How are you feeling? You, you seem moved. You seem ready to rip off your shirt for Mitch Trubisky. It's weird. Uh, yeah, don't, <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, with Mitch, that would be a coach that I could see fall in love with somebody like Mitch Trubisky just because John Gruden thinks he knows something when other people don't. Do not think he's a good NFL coach. Um, and who's he throwing it to there? I mean, other than Waller, it's like, I don't know who else is there. Renfro, Ruggs. Brian Edwards. Wide receiver. Brian one. Edwards on. should have showed up for the 2020 <laughs> season. He already retired, essentially. That's what it felt like. I felt the very similar way that I felt about, you know, with, with Derek Carr, that I felt about Dak Prescott and then Zoolander. They just didn't know how to look left or turn left. No, he's and not an ambi-turner. Ambi-turner, exactly. Like that's, like, that's exactly how I felt. So sitting there and and looking at this, like Dak Prescott would do his reads and never look left. You looked at, at Derek Carr, he would do his reads and never look left. And that's where Brian Edwards lined up a lot of time. You had Henry Ruggs on the right and in the slot, Nelson Aguilar on the right in the slot, and then you had Brian Edwards just looking left, or sitting there on the left. Derek Carr, not an ambi-looker. I don't know. It just, it didn't sit right with me when it came to that situation with, with Brian Edwards. And honestly, I didn't think that he got open or anything. I don't think that he deserved looks. So it's not like he got mistreated or anything there, but it's an interesting thing to think about it. You know, if another quarterback does step in there, if it kind of elevates some of these other players, or if some of these picks like Brian Edwards, like Henry Ruggs can elevate, you know, Derek Carr next year, if he does stay, I don't know, drives me nuts. But I don't think that Mitch Trubisky is actually the the answer there. I just wanted to make it interesting. <laughs> so we still had the Texans left over. We still had the Colts left over. I think we already talked about the Colts enough. You know, we brought up, of course, James Winston. I might have added it back in on accident. But if the Texans move on from Deshaun Watson, what are we looking at for the Texans? What do you think is their best route to go uh, moving forward? Man, it's so hard to get a good read on that organization and just figure out like week to week what they even care about, what uh, what they're about. So I'm looking at our list that we have in front of us. Like I could see them taking a flyer on Jimmy G as just kind of like a bridge and, you know, maybe they don't address quarterback. Like here's the thing, that organization has Jimmy no G would never last. Jimmy G would last one game for the Texans. They don't have an offensive line outside of Tunsil. Dude, the, the, that team, I mean, that oh. organization had no mess. foresight about what they were doing with their cap situation. And then with their draft picks, like there's just, there's nothing on the board for them. So I, I think the Texans, whoever it is, like they just need to pick some veteran say, we're probably going to go one in 15 this year. And then just going to go for a number one pick. I, Oh man, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like I'm befuddled. Like how are they, they the worst team in the league this next year? Oh, by far. It's not close. I mean, they were the, with Sean Watson and a decently healthy wide receiver corpse, like and a few 
draft picks over the previous three years. Like now they're going to walk into the season without how many years of, you know, draft picks in the first three rounds. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a nightmare and they don't have a ton of cap space either, which is the craziest part. Like how was it this mismanaged? Oh wait, Bill O'Brien never should have been the GM. He's a great coach. He never, never should have been a GM ever. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a team mess up the salary cap. And that includes when, uh, you know, Dallas was doing their thing back in like the late, 90s i believe and then washington did their thing in the early 2000s i don't think i've ever seen a miss more managed or a more mismanaged team ever than i've seen with the texans it, it's absolutely it blows my mind and and the thing is they're also alienating their fans right now which is like the worst thing at least you could have some diehards behind you like people are are like wanting to run away from your franchise so yeah they're just doing a terrible job I, I don't understand it. It's absolutely ridiculous. Is there anybody else that you know you wanted to sit there and bring up when it comes to the quarterbacks or anything along those lines? You ready to get out of here? I mean, we could talk about Mike Glennon and how he's going to be out of the league, but that's about it. Oh, man. I think we covered everything quarterback-wise. <laughs> no need to watch ESPN. Just go back and rewatch this episode time and time again. We got you covered on this. Now, we appreciate you from, for coming on, Kyle. Obviously, you know, Steph couldn't make it. Her power went out. Big bummer. She but, me. Uh, yeah, that's what she literally tells everybody. Oh, my power went out this time. No, I'm just kidding. She doesn't ever say that. She just comes up with her, another excuse. So, and uh, it, it's something where she was actually really looking forward to this, and she was looking forward to the game. Unfortunately, she was not able to make it. But, hey, we still got you in here. Appreciate you for coming in. Can you let everybody know where to find you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at, at Kyle underscore Borg. And all of our content at thefantasyfootballers.com. Uh, articles up all the time. Uh, a couple shows a week right now. So, yeah, check us out. And then all the Dynasty content for our Dynasty Pass, you can get it at ultimatedraftkit.com. Absolutely love it, man. Love your content. Love everything you guys are doing over there with Fantasy Footballers. And even if I couldn't be a part of the team, but it's all right. No, I'm just messing with you. It was cool. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of crazy how everything works out. And it's something where I've looked up to the fantasy footballers as a whole for a long time. And, you know, they kind of set the standard for our industry of how to operate. So great job. Congratulations on your promotion, of course. That's amazing for you and amazing for them as well. They definitely got a winner when it comes to somebody that provides great content and also, you know, manages obviously very well with the show sheets and puts good, great, I should say great, great shows out there. So Thank you for coming on. You guys can go find me at, oh, wait, I still have Trubisky's name up. My bad. You guys can find me at FF underscore intervention. Once again, that's FF underscore intervention. You guys can find us at join our circle underscore where things are just going crazy. We have, I believe, 13 articles that are going out within the next 10 days or so. At least that's what's planned and three or four quick shots minimum. It's been nuts. We appreciate you guys for coming in. Make sure you all check us out. And thank you guys for letting us interview with your fantasy football life. We're out.